Uh, it's not always easy uh, addressing people after a failure, but I think it's an important lesson for us all to learn that sometimes you have to come back empty-handed and that the dreams that you had of making people proud, of, of pushing into new, new ground and, and, and whatnot have to be left aside. And with that in mind, Dan and I did attempt to go to Panda Express yesterday to follow up on someone's food recommendation. And when we didn't come back empty-handed, we got to revisit a lot of old favorites. We were not able to do any kind of fact-finding on the pepper chicken that was recommended uh, by Emily Reed. Uh, so to her, I can only apologize. Um, come to you on bended knee. You know, we, we, we let you down this week, but we will, uh, we will circle back at some point in the future. And, and give you an update on that. Yeah, so we went to a Panda Express, but they didn't serve the pepper chicken. So, which is odd. I didn't realize that was like a limited location thing. But yeah, which makes it more enticing, almost. It kind of does. I, I think where you're kind of creating that artificial scarcity there. That's you know Panda Express HQ chapeau on that one. Yeah. Well played. But, but we, I did. Uh, I guess it seems a little odd just reporting on Panda Express because I think everyone has, has heard of and tried Panda Express, but I will say it is tasty and it's probably, if you're going to eat fast food, it's probably the easiest way to stay within the no duh diet. Uh, so I will say when we think of Panda Express, we think of orange chicken, orange chicken, right? Which is good, which is very good. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be right? It's excellent. I have to say, I don't really associate them with other food. Their other food is is really pretty pretty good. pretty good. I was surprised. You know, it's kind of in that like nine, ten ish dollar range where a lot of you know quote unquote fast food falls these days. But I was like, you can get some vegetables that are like well cooked, reason because you know like a lot of fast food like vegetable items are like a total you know like distract you from the fact that you're eating ground up horse meat or whatever. Here's some you know, horrifically cooked vegetable or whatever. Like, I was like, this is pretty good. I ate it. I was like, this is decent food. I feel yeah. good about this. So we'll have to talk more about this when we actually do try the pepper yes. chicken. Um, but you know how when we, were, when we talked about Tropical Smoothie Cafe, we mentioned the corn that was really good? Yes. I was at a Christmas party yesterday, and Arlie Pankey was there, and she said um, that we have to try the corn at, at Hot the, the what, what's the chicken place called hot what the hot chicken place the bluebird or something pretty bird pretty bird yeah i've had the corn at pretty bird oh is that i've pretty? had the corn at pretty bird um i i think if you're i don't know i i i'm not any i've had a lot of different corn salads before and i don't know i thought it was okay but it was like there's there's always there's some ingredient that people put in those that i don't like it's like one of the spices or one of the hmm. it's almost kind of like a celery -y, kind of flavor that I get. I think I might be in the minority. I will say Pretty Bird, it's it's more like Pretty Expensive Bird, but it is a really good sandwich. Okay. It was I, too spicy for me. But Well, okay. That's, I don't know how relevant that is, but I, I think it's it's a little on the expensive side, but so, it is. So just another request, good. if anyone out there has a favorite item at their favorite restaurant they want us to try, as long as it's not sushi or not super expensive, we'll do it. So. Sure, sure. And I, I will say, we're looking for specific items. Don't be like, oh, this restaurant's bad. I want your, I want specifics here. Yeah. I want specifics. So, so 
Um, that is the only business we have because we're kind of in that part of the year. Um, well, we do a running group, remind people to come to running group. That's standard stuff. Running group. So much fun. Everyone should know that. By um, now. last week we had a, our neighbor's first yes. Zwift meetup ride. Yes. We had no clue what we were doing cause this is the first time we've organized one, but we're learning. Thanks Stuart Anderson and thank Eric you Eric for very much. I, I should say last year we had one with the me Ole folks and, the and people who did it. I mean, we didn't we have a couple maybe? I, I think we just, I, we had at least one. We had at least the one that I went to and it was great. And we want to, we want to, we definitely want to be doing that. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about trainers later on in the episode. Um, but we did want to throw out that we will be organizing another one of those. Do we have a date set for yeah, that? Yeah, it'll be Wednesday. Wednesday at six will be kind of a standard time for those. Um, Wednesday at six. And what we've done is we've created a Zwift club for Maybird. So if you would like to join, just look up Maybird Cycling and follow that club, and then because the last time you had to like follow me and everything, that was really confusing. Just look up the Maybird Club. Go ahead and follow that. I don't. Have to, I don't think you have to request or anything. Just follow that, and then when I upload the ride to that, everyone will be able to join. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it was just super fun. Super like, super. Fun. Got a really good workout. Um, oh yeah, I rode with the front group of boys, and uh, I I I I got my butt kicked pretty darn hard. Um, like it was, it was a good and humbling you know, reminder. The, the of, group I rode with, we had a fun, decent endurance pace. You know, I mean, it, it was a good, solid workout, but we had a lot of fun. So, well, yeah. Thanks to friend of the podcast, Miles Baker. Things got really spicy in our group really, really, really fast. fast. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't wait up. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, it keeps me on my toes. But yeah, so again, Wednesday at six for that. Also, make sure we're going to the running group. Um, I uh, I'm going to try to make it to those as soon as I can. Um, other than that though, any, anything else we need to cover? Uh, not really. We're just, uh, just in the middle of winter. Hopefully you've got your winter groove going. If not, it's, it's, you're late. Get it going, man. Yeah, you know, going, like, I don't know yeah. what else to say. You know, I mean, we're going to be talking more about goals and stuff next week, but, um, you know, that's something to maybe start thinking about something that kind of gets you excited and, kind of a reason to 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 work hard and something to get ready for but we'll talk a little bit more about that next week but um other than that it's slow time of year wat van aren't won a cross race not groundbreaking i don't know vanderpool's coming back to cross it's it's, it's that time where we're just like the, nothing much is happening in the cycling world right now uh this you know cycling mostly happens in the northern hemisphere so uh you know these few months are going to be a little quiet on the news front but um, beginning of the season, stuff like that is going to sneak up us on, on us real quick. So like Dan said, if you haven't already been doing winter stuff, it's, it's time. It's time to get going. Time You've to had get a good going. enough recovery and a good enough rest for, for most cases that I think it's yeah time to get something going. But, but for this week, uh, we had a lot of people with kind of some follow-up questions, a lot of interest on the strength training um, uh, discussion from last week. So we actually wanted to follow up with a, a little, kind of expand on that a little bit more. Yeah. So usually on our podcasts, as far as our deep dives go, I only like to have like one deep dive a week, you know, so, so you can kind of walk away from it knowing what we talked about that you, like week. point to something, be like, we learned this. We learned this. Yeah. Did you ever have like, like a lecture where they talk about five different things and then and you forget all five, you, you forget know? at so, least four, right? So today we're kind of making an exception and we've got, we're kind of having two things we're going to go over today. Uh, first we're going to talk, we're going to just go talk a little bit more about strength training and then we're going to talk about, um, about training indoors, you know, on a trainer and why it's such, it's why it's a good idea. 
and kind of how to do it. So kind of kind of covering a lot today. Hopefully it's a good episode. Um, but yeah, so so last week we talked about, I think we mostly kind of talked about like the reasons strength training is good and kind of tried to make a case why it's beneficial and, and how it'll make you faster. Didn't go into a whole lot of detail on how to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did mention Wukar. Yes. And, you know, and, and like we say, Wukar is expensive, but if you've got the money, it's worth it. It's the best way to do it, basically. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. I, and I do think that um, everyone should probably at least do it once, just so you have that opportunity to kind of learn. The, the basics. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done it twice. Yeah. And it was and, it was really good. And a lot of the people that do it, do it repeatedly. They they kind of keep coming back. So, but I did I did I do realize that that it is expensive and um, doesn't really work for everybody, and and weight training can be a little tricky because you have to have. Well, I mean there there's body weight things that you can do, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes having access to all the things to do weight training can be difficult. Um, and so we I want to just talk about a few options we can do and how we can do it um so you know like based on the the amount of equipment you have available and so forth um you know first off art does offer an app that is it an app or is it it's not an app right it's like it's an online course it's not like something you download in the app store is it um yeah i don't remember i don't it was it, on his Instagram. If you go to his Instagram, it's, it's through Train Hero- Heroic or something like, it's like that. It's like through another app, but I don't think it's yeah. his app. It's not, but yeah, but it is through an app that you do on your phone and you can, I can't remember exactly how to get it, but we'll get that information to you. But that's, that's kind of one option. And, and on his app, he had like three different ways to do it. One is if you had no equipment whatsoever. Another was if you had kind of limited equipment, like maybe some, um, just a few kettlebells or, or so forth. And, and then the other is if you had access to a gym, you know, so, um, the app was good because it does kind of give you some, some instruction and some periodization for the winter. Obviously people have a harder time with the discipline to actually use the app than if they they sign up for a class. Because um, the app gives you like the ask, like I paid for this, I want to use it, but then actually going in person is I paid for this, and it's like a set time on set days of the week, and my buddy Steve's gonna be there, and I can't let Steve down. I gotta show up, right? So it's like I think it's good to, you know, um, even if you're not doing it through WooCard, just to have a really like this is the time I'm gonna do this, you know, because because if you're like oh I should do that, because that's what I do everyone. I'm like oh I need to do that, and then it never happens. Yeah. I mean, Joe and I are talking about doing it together on certain nights. You right, know, right, right. Just kind of like an accountability a system. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an option to consider. I also, like like Brady reached out to me, and he, he shared with me his program he wrote up for his son, Andrew. And Brady is just a fantastic athlete. He knows his stuff. He's... Um, what, whatever he's doing with whatever Andrew... Whatever he's doing um, with Andrew appears to be works. working, yeah, right? He, yeah, you know? hard and to argue with his results. he shared with me... Um, a really beautifully prepared document that kind of has some like diet pictures and really, really good, clear instructions. Uh, lots of variety. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really well done. So 
if anyone's interested in seeing what he's put together, reach out and I can um, hook you up with that. But, but kind of my goal today was to describe like um, just because like a lot of training plans are really complex and really complicated. And we've talked about this before, the kind of like sometimes it feels like they're trying to justify their existence. And and I'm talking about strength training plans. Oh, okay. 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 Um, And what my goal today would be is if, if you're doing it on your own, just some really, really kind of simple, like a simple formula or some simple guidelines for how you could do it if you're doing it on your own, basically. And so, um, so the first thing is, is like when we talked about this a little bit last, last week is, um, the number of reps you do before, you know, before you kind of reach your limit determines kind of the results you'll get from that workout, you know, say that again. I think that was really good. Basically the number of reps you do before, before your toast kind of determines the results of that workout. And so like, for instance, a workout where you're doing something repeatedly 22,000s of times is kind of considered endurance, which is what we do every time we ride a bike. Right, because pedaling is basically lifting a weight again and again thousands, and again and again and again. And again. Right. So, so yeah, we really, the, the strength training we do off the bike, we really don't need to focus on endurance. We, we get plenty, plenty of, that. of that. Okay, that's good. I, I, you know, I had never thought about that before. Huh. Yeah. Okay. You know, which is, which is really part of the reason why, you know, like a lot of people think that if they push a really hard gear, that's similar to strength training, but it's, it's really not, you know, that's still kind of, it's, it still definitely falls under the endurance category. Really quickly. I ran the numbers because I'm bad at math. If you, uh, if you go on a road ride, we'll say to keep the math easier with you're pedaling basically the whole time, you ride for two hours, you are going to do about just, just shy of 10,000 revolutions or 10,000 reps. Um, would that be per leg? If it's 80 RPMs, that's, so I guess that no, that's would be a full total yeah. in total. So basically each leg's getting just shy of 5,000 uh, reps in a two hour ride, which is, you know, an interesting way to think about it. I'd never thought about it that before. Huh? Yeah. And so reps in the six to 12 range, you know, when you're doing that many reps before, before your toast, that's the, the hypertrophy, which Hi- is hypertrophy. Yeah, that word I just struggle with saying, hypertrophy. Because again, we talked about last week, like atrophy. Like if you ever had your leg in a cast and you can't move it and you take off the cast and one leg is smaller, that's atrophy. This would be like the opposite of that, yeah. right? Hypertrophy. 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 Either way is right. Right, sure, sure. I bet I bet either way is wrong in truth, but if somebody <laughs> wants to correct us on the pronunciation, we're we're open. And And really that's kind of ideally not the range we'd want to be in for the type of benefits we want as, as cycling athletes Um, and reps below six or like reps around five to six, four or five to six are really kind of what we're ultimately aiming for. And and those, those are kind of the the strength range where you're, you're training different muscle motor units to, to activate more to more of them at one time and so forth. So, um, and, and the weight is increasing as your reps decrease. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, right. So like 10 pounds, 10 times versus 10 times a thousand times. We're talking about 
you know, crazy numbers are like 100 pounds 10 times versus 10 pounds 1,000 times. This is the basic principle, right? Yeah, you're doing, it's the number of reps until you're toast, basically. Got it. So, And again, one to five or six is one range, is the range we well, want to be in. And I didn't say one for a reason, because we're not really ever looking for a one rep max. Okay. You know. Two to six, and then seven to eight is the hypertrophy range. No, it, it's usually about f about five to six for the strength range. For the strength range. Um, six to 12. Six to 12. hypertrophy. For hypertrophy. And then um, above that's endurance. 12 plus is endurance. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, but you don't want to start there. No, 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 no. This is so, once you've already kind of got your, your yeah, ship so rolling that, a little bit. Huh? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. So I want to make that very clear is you don't start out trying to max yourself out in five lifts. No, basically. no, 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 so, no. Don't do that. And as far as like, as far as bang for the buck for us, I mean, when you get in the weight room, it's good to do a lot of variety work on a lot of different things. But, um, you know, if, if you're kind of limited on time and, and limited on what you can do, probably the biggest benefit for us as cyclists to making us faster is probably going to be the deadlift. Right. Yeah. And, and the deadlift is probably is, is a priority over squats, I would say, just because a lot of times squats can be a little more dangerous and so really quick for this is not this is not necessarily a group that's super gym literate. Could you describe squat versus deadlift and why we're choosing one over the other? Well, deadlifts are um, the, the angles involved in deadlifts are a little less acute. Okay. Basically, you're 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 starting up a little higher. Um, it's usually done with a special type of bar. Like that, the one that goes around you? Yeah. That, right. That's a little bit safer. Um, a lot of times squats are done as like back squats where the weight's on your back. So this is where we see get, like, like in the Olympics, they've got the weight on their back with their arms pointed up. Yeah. And you get down lower and you usually do it in a rack. Right. Um, with someone spotting you. And and it's a little more injury prone. Right. Um, I would probably do um, like, I think the the movement for squats could be very beneficial. But you could do it with like like holding a kettlebell out front. That's like a, called a goblet squat or something. But right, right, right. But yeah, I, I would say um, as far as your your leg strength training, um, really working on the deadlift is going to be the most beneficial. Got and it. Probably should be the focus really. And and one thing that that's important to know is that really the important thing that you're training is the movement, not the muscles. Why is that? Well, because, I mean, the muscles, like, like Art, Art always says, like, your legs are strong enough. Right. You know, because, like, when you get on, the, on, on one of those machines that, that kind of braces your back and you just kind of push the weights up the, up the ramp. Yeah. You know, you can... You can push a ridiculous amount of weight. Mm -hmm. And that's what we talked about, like, last week a little bit, that, like, you've got a ton of strength that you just never really unlock. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... So really training movements, not, not muscles. No, those machines are good if you've got like a bad back or, you know, you're still able to, to improve recruiting motor units, but you're not, you're not really training the, the movements as well. So, um, so yeah, so really, you know, as far as strength training for cyclists, probably the deadlift is probably the most important thing. And to do that, you can, I went out and bought a trap bar 
And it wasn't cheap, but I bought it during COVID. It's the thing so. that goes around your, like a giant hula hoop with sticks on the ends, with weights on the sticks, and yeah. then your arms are down and you, yeah. Yeah, I bought one of those. Um, that was a couple hundred bucks, I think. I can't remember. Ooh. But the plates are pretty. Ex- Secondhand COVID yeah, exercise it, market was rough. It was pretty <laughs> expensive, but I think they're a lot cheaper now. Or it's something, you know, if you get like a, you could get like a membership at a local gym or or a rec center or something, they'd, they'd have some equipment that could do the same thing, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, and so to start out, your priority when you're starting out is to get the movement dialed. And I would start out with an empty bar with no weights whatsoever, or you could do it even without a bar at all. Just practice yep. it without a bar. And your reps would would be 20 plus to begin with. You know, and you're you're really not trying to gain strength at this point. You're just really trying to get that movement perfected. And um, you know, you, the ways you could learn to do this, um, there's a whole bunch of YouTube videos you could watch. You could watch over and over again till you feel like you get it. You could even like go to a gym, and some of the personal trainers there could could give you some instruction on how to do it with good form. It's probably good to have someone that knows what they're doing watch you do this. Um, and identify any subtle mistakes that you could be doing that are causing more harm than good. But do it over and over and over again until you're doing it without pain. If you if you come away with lower back pain, um, bad, 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 yeah, bad, bad, not, bad, 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 bad. Don't. Got, yeah, that's nope, not nope, the goal. Nope, 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 no, no, no. It's okay to have like like some sore muscles. Yeah, your legs can be sore. That's fine. But anything yeah, you, else is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so you begin you begin kind of in that endurance rep range. You know, you're just doing it lots and lots and lots of times just to, to perfect the movement. Um, and then gradually you can start adding, you know, maybe maybe 20 pounds a time, add weight to it, do lots of reps, keep doing that, and just make sure that, you know, you're progressing without without pain. And I should, I kind of want to double down on this a little bit. Um, like, I think a lot of you listening to this, you're very strong, fit people, but this is a skill like anything else, right? Like, so if you're maybe Andrew May or someone listening to this where you like live in the gym, Andrew May, I'm sure, can do a very competent squat. He could go right in and start, you know, like start right in. This. If, if most of the people on this team, I imagine, are not spending a ton of time in the gym, maybe have never lifted before, I don't care how strong you are. Like, like Dan, I want to really reemphasize what Dan's saying. If the movement's not right, it's not really helping you, and there's a risk of there's a significant risk of like injury here. So really, don't skip. You know, the classic thing is like kids get on the trainer and they start sprinting instead of doing a warm up, and like this is maybe even more critical than that. Like you have to nail this before you go in and and really like reap the rewards. So do not skip out and just go and try to like pride lift your huge number that you can brag about and throw your back out for the rest of the season or something like make sure you nail this well first. and even if you like know how to do it but you haven't been lifting all summer yeah you still need to start out kind of this way right you right, right. To start out really really low weight high rep and then gradually you reduce re- reduce the number of reps and increase the weight and and you just you know as you get the movements down better and and improve the strength of those muscles you just gradually can progress until ultimately your goal and this progression should take course over like i would say three months 
you know, like um, the really the really low rep, high force work should happen a couple months from now. You know, it, it takes time to progress up to that. You know, it's not something that, you know, like this week you do a whole bunch of practice light runs and then, and then next, next week, week you start doing like, like, yeah, yeah, tons of weight. No, that's no, this is should be a really gradual progression. Um, eventually, you're going to want to work in that strength rep range where, you know, you're, you're doing about, you know, about five reps. Um, you never actually ever go to failure. You should always have at least a rep or two left in the tank you know get to about like 75 80 percent of your max and then and then call it quits because usually when you start when you go to to failure the form goes out the window and that's when a lot of injuries happen um so once you kind of get to that that phase where you're doing the the three to five reps um you would do those in sets of you know about three to five sets maybe you know so like you'd you'd lift it five times you'd rest for a few minutes until you feel better lift it five times again rest for a few minutes till you feel better and then lift it five times again you know so um again as you as you're progressing you can gradually add weight and um you can you can add sets just you know, and then once it kind of gets to be cycling season, you would do the, about the same number of reps. You'd probably just do fewer sets, you know, so. But also, in addition to this, you know, and, and you could even do this like, you know, while you're resting between sets or after you do your deadlifts. Um, I would also just include a lot of like, even if it probably even just body weight work, you know, like like push-ups, pull-ups, um, a lot of planks. Um, I, I'm one workout I'm really really big on are the clamshells with a band. Um, For people who aren't familiar with a clamshell, uh, I you look it up. Okay, <laughs> we're not we're, okay. Yeah, um, leg lifts, just a lot of like just a wide variety of core work, um, just to make sure your upper body's strong, your core's strong. Um, you know, that's, that's going to help with like injury prevention. It's going to help with your bike handling. Um, yeah. So like, there's no good reason to not be strong. Being yeah. strong is always an advantage, you know, like no downsides here, especially to the body weight stuff. Like you're never going to like bulk up too much doing body weight. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I'll bet Keegan and Sophia do crazy amounts of, of push-ups, and they can hold a ridiculously long, you know, like like plank and stuff. Like, it's all the pros have been doing. Like, we talk about lifting kind of being maybe in the last five to ten years, lifting's really like people, cyclists have known that like body weight stuff like that is just, you know. Yeah. Well, and like we pointed out in the last episode, as long as you're including aerobic work regularly throughout the week, you're not going to bulk up very much. You might no. you might bulk up a little bit. But it'll be incidental. Um, if you know, if strength training is a priority and it is during the winter, it's probably not advisable to to actually do aerobic work on the same day you do following your strength work on the same day, just because it could minimize some of those gains during the winter. Um, during the the spring and summer, you'd almost want to just to kind of minimize any bulking, but. 
go back to last week if you're if you're confused. You didn't yeah. listen last week. We're we're building on the kind of stuff we talked about last week, but I do want to kind of tie it back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and and also the thing is too, strength training is not is something I really I, like. I said I know just enough to be dangerous. I like this, there's a lot of science between behind strength training and 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 bodybuilding and all that stuff, and it's something I'm definitely not an expert in. So what we went over was just super, just some super, super basic concepts. Um, but there are like the benefits to making a faster cyclist are undeniable. Like there's, there's very few things that have as much scientific backing as strength training's involvement in making you faster. So just do it. Do, like build appropriately so no one's getting hurt and do it in a safe way and don't be an idiot yeah i know that always applies but like really here don't be an idiot yeah. you know so use common sense all right so yeah that's part one <laughs> part one um part two in the same vein here is trainers and i should say off the bat um we've dan and i've been talking a lot about things you know we dan and i talk a lot about maybird on these hikes and stuff and one thing that we both kind of agree we want to do better on with the team is like when when people get out of high school and into whatever comes next and and this is a period of my life that i'm just barely have come out of in the past maybe two or three years depending on how you want to look at it um but a lot of you are listening to this and you're very, very busy. You're, maybe you're going to school full time and working. Maybe you're starting a business. Maybe you have a young family, whatever it is. Trainers have been awesome uh, for people like me and for you too. I mean, you use your trainer even more than, than you do, but like I'm guilty of... I use my trainer more than I do. More, Excuse me. You <laughs> use your trainer more than I do. That was kind of an existential thing there, Dan. Um, but that like for the past couple of years, and honestly, this winter so far... The trainer's almost been it for me. Like I've, I've I've been doing some other stuff, doing some hiking and whatever, but a lot of people kind of go to the trainer like almost every day in the cycling world, road, mountain, whatever it is you're doing. A lot of us in the in the northern hemisphere here, when the kind of later part of the year rolls around, we start riding the trainer almost as frequently as we'd go on bike rides. And so um, we've talked before about how much we think the trainer should play in. And how trainer burnout's a thing that we worry about and stuff, um, but this is, I mean, like, like as as like a heavy trainer user, what is kind of your basic thought on using stationary trainers and smart trainers in particular as a tool in your toolbox for winter training? I I think it's a huge blessing. It's it is. It's really like I think it's one of the best cycling investments you can ever make. But I do think for youth cyclists, I, I think it shouldn't be overused as a youth cyclist. Um, you know, like, like I've said before, you know, my general rule of thumb for youth cyclists is like two days on the trainer a week would be awesome and you'd get a lot of benefit from that and then try to do other things on other days. Right. You know, so, um, and we, yeah, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more, but like... I think the trainer is such a powerful tool. Like when I use it a lot, I probably overuse it. Um, I, I think I probably ride the trainer more than I'd say most people. I more know. than most people for sure. I, I'd say you're a very heavy trainer user. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But, um, when, and, and, and during the winter when I use the, the trainer, I'm, I'm almost exclusively doing sub threshold work. 
I mostly do zone two and sweet spot. And, and then when I, like when I come off the trainer and I'm riding in the spring, it's honestly the strongest I feel all season. Yeah. And I honestly feel like my, my FTP and my fitness kind of drops off a bit as I go throughout the season riding outside without, you know, without the quality work that you can do on the trainer. So I think it's a really, really powerful tool. Um, I think it can be used wrong. Yes. And I, I, but I, I, and I know there's, I know there's a lot of trainer haters out there. So can I actually, can I jump in on this really quick? Um, I hope that there's, there are people listening to this who are new, who haven't, didn't listen to the pod. Maybe they joined the team this year, listen to the podcast and stuff. Um, trainer hate is the coldest hot take ever. Um, like until what, like 2015, 2016 trainers were something you'd go and you'd go like, we had a Nash bar trainer that was like $99 or something, right? Where there's a little like, like knob full of fluid or a magnet with like a roller sticking out of it and you'd take mom's old road bike and you'd, you'd clamp it onto the trainer and it does one amount of resistance <laughs> and it's insanely loud. It doesn't feel like you're riding on the road at all. And you'd stare at a wall and plug in your iPod and you'd listen to the free U2 album that came on your phone because you couldn't afford iTunes yet, right? If that is your experience with trainers, you're right. Trainers do suck and doing almost anything else is better. Like going to the dentist is better than using old trainers. If that's what you've got right now, I don't expect that to be a huge part of your winter training. Uh, the good news is uh, the past decade, uh, going on decade here, I mean, it's been, I think like 2014, 2015 was when it really got big. You started seeing developments like smart trainers and Zwift. So if, if you're not familiar and you hear us talking about trainers, tra we're not talking about your grandpa's trainer. Uh, we're talking about you know, uh, basically like a computerized trainer that depending on, on how much money you spend can, and really at the kind of the entry level price point these days, even can simulate different amounts of resistance can play or hold hands with a program like Zwift or trainer road, like Zwift that Dan uses, Dan and I use a lot, which is a video game where you, you know, you're riding along with other people. And when you get in their draft, the resistance drops a little bit. And when you go up a hill, the resistance goes up a little bit and you can shift around on your bike and stuff. And when you start sprinting, the little guy starts sprinting. Or maybe a lot of people use a product like Trainer Road, where it's like, okay, here's the interval, and every 30 seconds it's going to get this hard or whatever, and, and it can measure all your stats and everything. Um, when these things first came out, it was very expensive, like a trainer, and you can still spend 2000 bucks on a trainer. Um, but it was like, you know, you had to spend 1000 bucks on the trainer, and Zwift, I feel like, was more back then. We're to a place right now where a really good trainer is about three to $500, Zwift is like 15 bucks a month. It's like Netflix, right? And um, the amount of quality work that you can get in in a completely safe and maximally convenient environment is awesome. And it feels so much more realistic than it used to. It's so much more engaging. Like you spent what, like three hours on the trainer yesterday before a hike? Yeah, and it wasn't a big deal. Could like, you have spent three hours on our old Nash bar trainer? I couldn't have spent 30 minutes. Right, 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 right. So like we want to, and, and it's not just trains. I want to talk about rollers a little bit too, if we have a second. Um, but like, don't just write off trainers is kind of my thing. Like if you haven't experienced a new one, go and try it. Um, like if you have any amount of disposable income to throw at a cycling investment, I would say buy a mountain bike and then buy a trainer that you can stick the bike on. It doesn't have to be a road bike. 
Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, a fancy $2,000 tax Neo. It doesn't have to be the $3,500 Wahoo bike, as cool as that would be. You don't need the kicker climb or whatever. You, but a smart trainer and a Zwift subscription is really, really, really affordable right now considering what you get out of them. Would you not agree? Yeah. I, I, and like like I say, the, the most of the people I know that, that hate trainers, they're usually kind of doing something wrong or they don't have the right setup or, you know, like I know a lot of people that'll get smart trainers, but they won't get Zwift. Which is crazy to me. I have no, yeah. I have no idea why you'd ever do that. Yeah, but but most of them usually haven't ever actually tried stationary training on a good setup. Is right. That, that's usually why most people hate it. Because there are ways to make it more enjoyable. And Oh, yeah. Uh, and let me make it clear. I would rather, like, if it's a beautiful day outside, it's infinitely oh, yeah. more fun yeah. and better to ride outside. And, and riding on the trainer probably isn't better than ski touring, say. Like... But as a tool, as somebody who's trying to improve their cycling performance, and, and not even just that, like, I think if you're maybe like the adults and kind of like my age on up and like, you don't want to put on a lot of weight over the winter, the amount of calories you can burn in an hour in the trainer is crazy. Like you can do, I've, I, you can burn close to a thousand calories an hour. If you, and, and like, that's not riding that way. Isn't necessarily advisable for like performance. So like for our Nike kids, that's definitely how to approach it. But if, if but you're it, like, if it's keeping you in energy like, balance, I've got my, my newborn at home and I'm working overtime at my job and everything. And I have 45 minutes to throw at exercise today. Hop like get on Zwift and they've got races you can do and group rides and everything. Yeah. So like before anything else, like don't turn, like don't tune out as soon as you hear people start talking about trainers. I don't care what level of cyclist you are. If you're Tade Pogachar or if you got you, if this is your first year trying cycling, there's some benefit that you can derive from a trainer strategy. Yeah, a- absolutely. It's, it's a powerful tool. And I will say it's not necessary. I mean, no. if, if you're doing schemo and you're running and you're yeah. Nordic skiing and cross-country skiing, you're going you're gonna to have a fantastic winter. You're going to be fast. You're going to be... Um, that is not most people, though. But, but yeah. And, and especially, you know, especially once you get to, to be like my age, you know, like I get home from work and it's dark like it usually starts getting dark while I'm driving home you know yep. and there's it's like I can either go run in the dark or go downstairs and hop on my trainer and get in a good workout you know so um so yeah let's so so yeah Joe's Joe's talked about some of the benefits of the trainer there's lots of them but it really can be enjoyable if you have the right setup right and and like I say the a lot of the people that don't like the trainer it's because there's something wrong with their setup. They're just, it's kind of how they're doing it. Like, and, and so here are just some, here's some things that I think you need for the right setup. And the first is an actual smart trainer. Yes. And these, like, I've got one that I just love. I've got the kicker core. It was like, what, 500 bucks. Uh, we got ours on a really good, I think a kicker core. I'm going to look this up. Reads because it, it's always, it, their I prices are always dropping. That's what we'll just yeah, say. It's it's five to 800. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, it's just been fantastic. I, I ride it so much, super reliable. That's the first thing is you need to invest in a, a decent smart trainer. You were right, Five, $500 at REI. Um, you can get it with a one-year Zwift membership through Wahoo for $599. So save them a little bit on the monthly subscription there. Yeah. So, so that's the first. The next thing is, is cooling. 
adequate cooling. Like, oh yeah, I, I think that's a big mistake a lot of people have. They'll get like some rinky dinky little fan that blows on their face, and as we've talked about, like in um, in like our hydration episodes, our heat training episodes, like if our body core temperature is overheating, our performance plummets. Yes, and um, you really need a big loud fan that blows a lot of air well to 15 dollar honeywell fan on amazon is probably better than nothing that's no. what but you, if and, you really need and i've like heard a big. lot of people say that like usually you need three fans yeah one fan's not enough so um i i do it in a fairly cool basement i've got a really big fan that blows really fast it usually keeps me like if i stop i get cold instantly because yeah um, so yeah, so the, the fans is, is super, super important. Another thing, and this is something I think is absolutely key is a dedicated setup. Yes. Like you, like if you have a, a smart trainer and you have to put your bike on and off every time you use it, you're probably not going to use it very much. Like you really need to make a goal to get to a point where it's like sitting there. It's all set up. You put on some bib shorts and open up the laptop, click Swift and go. Yeah. I even have like a dedicated, it's an older iPad. Oh I, yeah. I have a dedicated iPad that people are not allowed to move from my Zwift station. Because so. the idea here with Dan and like we, we for a long time had one trainer and I should explain really quick. There's a distinction. There's, there's wheel on and wheel off trainers. Um, the nicer ones are the wheel off trainers is what Dan and I use at kicker core, um, where there's a cassette on the trainer. You take the rear wheel off of your bike and then the trainer's almost like your rear wheel, right? They're way quieter. They're way smoother. They feel way better, but wheel on trainers are still great. Wahoo makes one called the kicker snap that I used for like four years. It's a little noisier and it's not great with a mountain bike because of the, the tire is actually running on a little roller, like a roll, um, a little cylinder. Um, but the problem was we were all sharing one trainer and so you had to take your bike off and then change the adapters for the different axle size because mom's bike was different and jacob's bike was different or whatever and and then you got to find your shoes because you left them somewhere and then you got to get your ipad or whatever like and that kind of eats up 30 minutes on either end and if you're time crunched 30 minutes is a lot of workout time exactly so what dan's saying here and it's like again if if you if the if you can only afford one trainer for the family it's still great but do whatever you can to make it so that you walk into the basement, you walk into the trainer, you walk into the, my bedroom where I've got the trainer, and you get on and go. You yeah. have it, you spend as you much. You don't have to set anything up. And and what I like on on my trainer, I have a bike that has a dropper post on it. Yeah. So like, pretty much, if someone else wants to use it, they can hop on and they can just play at the dropper post till they get their seat height to something comfortable and and go. But yeah, yeah. So dedicated setup is is. Plug and play as you can get it is the goal. Now, really quick, have you seen Zwift's new trainer? That is a universal. Yeah. Have you seen the universal trainer where it only has the one? Which I, I I don't really want to get into that too much, but I I think that like part of the fun is being able to shift. I think you can. It's a virtual shift. Oh, so it has the Zwift control. It's not the same, but it's 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 yeah. it's. I if if you are listening to this and you've got three kids on the team and you can't afford three trainers. Look at the new Zwift one because oh, it's universal. You don't have to swap cassettes. You can take a mountain. You probably have to do a little different adapter for like different axle sizes. If you got mountain bikes and road bikes, but um, they've got the little Zwift controller now, mm -hmm. and you it'll virtual shift. 
So not perfect, but I do want to throw that product because it does exist. Throw that out there. Yeah. So along with the dedicated setup, you know, you got to have your, your towels and plenty of hydration and food and, you know, to keep you going, that makes it a lot more pleasant. Um, one thing I've discovered recently that helps a lot is actually chamois cream. Um, yeah, like I, I was, I learned once earlier on that if if you need chamois cream, it's because something's wrong with your setup. And I always, which is true, which I is kind of true, outdoors. but <laughs> it makes it better. Just period. You know, well, so. indoors it's like you're dealing with a lot more sweat, and this is gross, but like your chamois a lot more sweaty. You're not standing up very much. Like there's a lot of pressure on your sit bones and your soft tissues. Like you know, definitely yeah. worth considering. And, and it's not like I've been getting sores or anything. It's just that it feels better. It feels yeah. much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, we've talked about like Zwift is just kind of a must, you know, like if, if anyone tries to do a smart trainer without Zwift, it's just it's pointless. Don't even bother. Yeah. Get running shoes. Um, but then there's a lot of other things you can do to make that, that make it like music is super important, you know, have good, have good, really like, like playlists that just pump you up, you know, right. that are ready for your trainer. Um, on an endurance type rides, when I'm doing like zone two, I like to watch like, like watching like Stranger Things or something. Mm-hmm. Really, really makes the time pass. You know, you're still Zwifting, but you're kind of distracted by, you know, a series that you're watching. You know, a lot of people sit down on the couch and play with their phones and watch movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Just do it while your legs are spinning. You know, you, we've got a friend that has like a tri bike and I've always kind of wanted, wondered like getting like clip on arrow bar so you can be like lean down and then you could have like the PlayStation controller and play a game. Like you don't have to be, especially if you're trying to get like, like, I mean, doing two hours on the trainer is two plus hours on the trainer is punishing, but if there's something you can do to make the time fly and you're kind of looking for that low intensity sort of base mile E work, you don't have to just sit there and stare at the wall, even just sit there and listen to music. Yeah, there's there's other things you other can do. stuff you can do, you know. And it, the the thing is, is the the other thing that you do has to be exciting enough that it's motivating. Like, yeah, you can't watch like Anna Green Gables and be on the trainer. It has to no. be like an Star ex- Wars, Star Wars, yeah, like an adventure action movie or something. Right, right. Um, like bike races. A lot of people watch mm-hmm. those. Um, my, you know, a lot of times I'll usually start out on my trainer ride just kind of flipping through, watching a few things on YouTube. Um, if I'm ever doing anything that's like, that's like a little more intense or, but, or what, my, like my favorite, probably the best pro tip I've ever given all of everything else I've said is usually pretty irrelevant, you know, but my favorite pro tip ever is music videos on the trainer. <laughs> like MTV or just, yeah, just like, okay. I'll just like Google like eighties music videos and it'll come up with this like playlist or something. And because it's like when you listen to music, it motivates you. Um, but when you watch something, it distracts you. Ah, uh, so this is like the the, the mat kick. And I throw out my magic in between. And this one's maybe a little cringy, as the kids would say. Just like cycling motivation compilations where it's like a bunch of videos of Peter Sagan and the Tour of Flanders or whatever. Some cool music in the background, like something to kind of that's going to take your mind off the fact that you're sitting on a bike going nowhere for two hours and then something to kind of like, you know, or like, you know, if, if you're new to this and you just want to get a little better at cycling and you're going to try a trainer, like watch bike race, like, like Velon will do it where it's like, a, it'll, they'll take a, a stage of the tour. They'll trim it down to 20 minutes of the most exciting parts. And when something exciting happens, when someone attacks, maybe you spin a little harder. Like 
depending on what level you are and what kind of motivation you need to get on the trainer, just do something and yeah. try different stuff. Cause uh, you know, like I could never spin to music videos, Oh well, I but think it's, yeah, that's such a Gen other X right. thing, Dan. I'm so sorry to say spinning to music videos, like for people who grew up with MTV, find whatever works for you is my try. point, but try music videos. They do. Work okay. Well. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's not as much fun as writing outside. Um, and, and sometimes I find myself a little bit miserable while I'm doing it. But the thing is, is like after I'm done, I never really regret it. I always am glad I did that work. You kind of get the post bike ride feeling of like, oh, okay, you know, it kind of spun your first. And I really quick on your point, I want to like come a little hard on this. Like, no, it's not as good as riding outdoors, but like my summer house in Majorca fell through because the servants are on strike. So I'm stuck here in the winter. Like Zwift is better than a winter ride. All throughout, if it's if it's 38 and the road's covered in ice and salt and the inversion's like smoking a pack of cigarettes every five minutes because you're in the Salt Lake Valley, Zwift's better. So if you have the ability to ride your bike in summer conditions, you should absolutely do that. You should get on your private jet and fly to a warmer climate and do it. But like, it is so much better than riding outdoors right now. A hundred percent of the time, 10 out of 10. And I'm not aware of anyone being hit by a car in Zwift yet. So that's my hard sell on that. Yeah, so it's um, – let's talk about – so, like, the smart trainers are getting better, but it is still different than riding outside. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the differences. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. Um, but one is and, – and this is kind of interesting. Like, so whenever you start training indoors, you need to reset your FTP and change the zones, your target zones that you're training off of. Because it feels different, and and typically most people produce produce a little bit less power indoors than they do outdoors, and that's perfectly normal. And I was actually reading an article that was kind of explaining why that is, and it's because like when you're outdoors, you're using a lot of like leverage and leaning to produce more power that you really don't do inside. But your primary muscle drivers are actually doing more work hmm. at less wattage, you know? So, um, so if, you know, if it bothers you that you're running off a slightly lower FTP indoors, don't let it, you know, if, um, you know, if your endurance zone two ride outside's like around 200 Watts and it's 170 indoors, that's just fine. You're still getting the same benefits. Um, I wonder if, you know how they have like Kinetic makes the trainers and then actually the new Garmin Tax, kind of one that kind of rock bit. under you. I wonder if that, because it's like that's still not riding outdoors, but where you're kind of, you do kind of have to balance a little bit on those. Those are excellent, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Wahoo fan, but that Kinetic trainer, I tried a Kinetic trainer when I was working at Backcountry and I really, really liked riding it. And I, I love, the Garmin one's like 2000 bucks, but I wonder if that would, this is just my idle wonderings, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, but either I, way, I think the point is, is gonna it's be, not a huge yeah. deal. Right. No, yeah. don't, don't Just kind of be okay with that. Yeah. You know? You're not wasting your time because you're working at 10 or 15 watts less. You know? No, 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 no. Um, yeah, there, uh, another thing that's different is like, actually when you're riding indoors, more of your pedal stroke, you're, you're active through more of your pedal stroke typically than you are outside. Really? Why is that? Um, I don't really, a lot of it has to do with like the angle that you're riding and, and, huh. and, and so forth. And just some of the kinetics of, of indoor versus outdoor training. Like a lot of times, like 
riding a trainer is a little more like riding through sand that, you know, if you stop pedaling, you lose a lot of inertia. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, and that's actually a good thing because one of the things that's going to improve you as a cyclist is to be able to apply pressure to more of your pedal stroke. You know, like you start kicking forward at 12 o'clock and apply pressure down throughout the entire pedal stroke. And then, you know, you're, you're unweighting the other leg as it's, as it's coming up. And um, a lot of times when we ride outside, we're just kind of starting to apply pressure from three o'clock down. Right, right, right. You know, and this is something that like you're able to improve riding a trainer. Right. So you watch pro cyclists and you can't, especially I think on the road, you can really see like a high quality, continuous pedal stroke. Where like if you ever watch someone like new ride a bike and it's like the pedaling's almost like thud 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 versus like the really smooth power you see on the road. I didn't actually realize that'd be yeah. different on the trainer. That's yeah. That's a huge plus. And, that's and an you underrated really plus. Can, you really can and should use trainer time to improve your pedal stroke. Oh yeah. Uh, get a mirror to like like watch your foot and make sure it's like you know we always talk about there's like a lot of different ways people describe it like scraping mud off your toe or whatever but that like. You know, well, that your legs are tracking up and down straight. You don't have a knee poking out to one side and stuff like the trainer is a great time to really work on a like a a beautiful fluid pedal stroke. Um, But but probably one of the biggest differences is like an hour on the trainer. Isn't the same thing as an hour outside. No, especially people that primarily do mountain biking. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if you happen to live somewhere that's pan flat um, and with no stop signs. Then the trainers may be, may be similar. Even still, it's not. But yeah. You, know, you don't it, coast on the training. You're pedaling continuously for, for that hour, which is almost like, and it's so hard to compare, but it's, it's I, I mean, it's almost like a two to one. You know, it's really interesting to look at your time and zone on the trainer versus time outside. And like, um, you can really like, like an hour zone two ride in the trainer you're probably spending more time actually in a good quality zone two than you are at two hours outside of zone two ride. Oh, for Easy. sure. Uh, easily. Because riding out on the, I mean, there's, you have to stop at stop signs. There's, you have to stop at red lights, you know, like there'll be really, really steep hills. And then like maybe a really gradual descent you're going down where you're going pretty fast without putting any power down. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's a huge, huge plus. And if there's ever, even if it's not in the winter, if, if it's finals week, you know, like finals, I know a lot of people are doing finals right now. Like, you know, and if you're time crunched, t- uh, an hour on Zwift really is kind of close to fitness wise to two hours, to two outside. hours outside. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, and if you're if you're trying to do like one of the things the trainers are really, really awesome for is intervals. Like I actually like even during the summer, I will use my trainer to do intervals because like a lot of intervals, like it's difficult to find a hill that you can ride up for five minutes at Any 280, 280 watts yeah, consistently. You yeah. Um, and it's especially hard, like if you're doing like longer intervals, like 20 minute intervals, it's hard to find a place where you have a, a grade that you can consistently ride up for 20 minutes and then rest for two minutes and then keep going, you know. Or if you're doing them on the trail, like you have to wait for the hiker and make sure they get by okay. And then there's... Like, there's that little descent halfway through your interval that you got to, you know, like it's, yeah. For like 30 by thirties or something, it, you know, it's just really nice. And 
I personally like to do mine in erg mode, which is where the, the trainer kind of controls your power. The trainer forces, forces you, you to produce the required amount of power where it'll basically, it'll, if you're not familiar, like, you know, if you're, if, let's say you just keep pedaling at 70 or 80 RPMs, I have to say 80 RPMs. It's like, oh, we want 300 watts now. It's going to adjust the resistance magically to force you to be creating that. And then when the interval ends, the resistance will drop off. So a lot of people like you, like I like to ride, like pretend I'm out on the road and shift and stuff. And, but Dan, I mean, a lot of times when you're on the trainer, you just sit there and watch whatever. And as long as you keep your legs moving, you'll do the yeah, correct I'm workout. I'm always in erg mode. And there's a lot of coaches that, that just think Ooh, this erg, is, this is spicy, but yeah, the erg mode is like Satan. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, what? I, I really kind of like to use the trainer to do things I can't do outside. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't have erg mode when I'm outside, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, and I see the argument against it, but I, you know, I do think that like when I'm on the trainer, I just like it to help me keep me where I'm supposed to be. Right. You know, right. So, right. Um, but that's kind of a argument for a different day. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's really into the weeds, but if you're not familiar with erg mode, that's, that's another cool perk that you can't get outdoors. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's just, it's super time efficient. It's also really safe. Yeah, um, you know, like riding in the dark when it's icy is is just super risky. And mm-hmm. one thing to throw out too, the right equipment to be able to ride outside in the cold costs more costs than a, more than a trainer. Yeah, hands down. And you know, it's like the other thing is like I I, I ride out on the if it's like you know because everyone's really get that weird fifty degree day where it's like warm enough. It's still sketchy because the bike lane is usually covered with snow. Um, and it's not just ice, it's salt. Salt's really, really dangerous too. And it's like almost a bunch of little marbles. You go around a salty corner, you know, and then like cars, I don't think expect to see as much and it's smoggy outside. I'd imagine that the air inside is significantly cleaner than the air outside. So like if the weather is awesome and you can do it safely, riding outside's awesome. But if you only ride outside when it's pleasant in the winter, you're getting like three rides in over the course of four months. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really work. Um, and a, f- a few more benefits of the trainer, and I won't go through all of them, but one is it's really, really good for testing. Oh, yeah. It's really, really nice to, like, if you're, if you're doing FTP tests to calibrate your zones, I always like to do mine on the trainer. It's just, like, they, like, Zwift will just have, like, FTP tests they've got set up. They're super easy to do. Mm-hmm. They've got ramp tests. You know, they've got all kinds of... And, and I just like to do those to kind of calibrate where I'm at compared to where I used to be and... Um, and I've, I found that like, I like to, I like to even take my, the, the FTP I get on my Zwift indoor test and use it for my outdoor to calibrate my outdoor rides. Cause it probably yeah. gets me a little more accurate than if I right, right. tested outside and it overstated it. It almost, so. it's like the fact that your indoor power is a little bit lower, Less, almost compensates makes for the thing we're always saying with like, do it, do your FTP test, but then, you know, ramp it down a little bit to actually yeah. make it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's I, it's just kind of like um, more objective, and I can kind of track whether I'm it's higher in the spring, winter, summer, fall. You know, so it's really really good for testing, and it's also for kid for you know we always talk about training with power. You know, I would say very very few like as a percentage wise, very few kids on the team actually have a power meter. Probably ten percent, maybe twenty. Yeah, maybe ten. I'd say at probably most. like ten. Yeah. Um, you know, a smart trainer costs about as much as a power meter does. True, truly, yeah. And and so, 
it really kind of is a good introduction to training with power. You know, you can kind of see the value of looking at power as a metric while you're riding when you're using a smart trainer. And it makes it so that information becomes more usable and valuable when you're using it on the road. So there's, there's another cool advantage. Um, so yeah, it's lots of, lots of good reasons to use a trainer. It is, again, I'll reiterate this again, you know, um, for adult cyclists, I think you could use it every day if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. For youth cyclists, twice a week is plenty. Yeah. Um, do other things the other days, mm -hmm. you know, but, and, and I mean, everyone should do other things to, you know. Like but, but I think the point here is like, if you can do other things, if you can't, the trainer's awesome, man. Like, is it really is probably the best five hundred bucks you'll ever spend. I mean, you have to get a cassette too, right? And that's what and you can get the heaviest, crappiest Amazon cassette, even if you need to. Like, it's it's money, but this is money that is so 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 well spent. Yeah, I cannot overstate it. So now I just kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about the type of workouts I like to do on the trainer because I think. A lot of people listening already have them, you know? So, right, right, right. Um, and so th the first thing is before you begin winter training on your trainer, you just need – I'd recalibrate your FTP. Um, just make sure you kind of have a good idea which – what power zones you should be training in and so forth. That, that killer FTP you had at the end of the NICA season is not – It's not going to be the same. <clears throat> yeah, it's don't, be don't lower, do that. And that's okay. That's fine. Probably with assessing your FTP, the worst thing you can do for your fitness is overassess it. Yeah, and just like fail. Yeah, you're gonna be well. You're gonna be training anaerobic systems rather than aerobic systems, and that's yeah. ultimately not gonna make you faster. So, um, so that's the first things. Uh, again, I always like to do workouts on the trainer that I have a hard time doing outside because if I can do them outside, I'd rather do them outside. You know, like really complicated up down all over the place workouts. I don't like to do those on the trainer. I like to do those on a mountain bike ride incidentally. Right, right, right. So, um, and one thing, you know, just my training philosophy in general is to keep workouts really, really simple. So you're sending very, very clear signals to your body what particular asset you want to have adapt. Um, Rides that are all over the place, I think, just send a lot of weak signals out. So, um, so yeah, that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, also, you know, with the type of workouts you do on the trainer, it really has a lot to do with what type of cross-training workouts you're doing. You know, if your schema practice is a really, really high intensity, I wouldn't do high intensity at all on the trainer. Like, if you're if you're doing strength and you know, if you're doing strength training, your your trainer ride should be fairly easy. You know, your your strength training is your intensity. Um, if if you're doing like running and that's really really intense for you and hard, your the, the rides you do in your trainer should be fairly easy. You know, so who, who would be doing hard work on the trainer then? Um, is this kind of your like you've got 45 minutes, make the most of it, energy balance well, people? So. I never personally do anything above threshold on the trainer for the most part. I, I'll either do, like, and I'll, I'll be talking about this, I've got like four different types of workouts I do do on the trainer. Um, most of what I do is zone two or sweet spot. 
Um, if your running's intense or your schemo's intense, I'd probably just mostly do the endurance pace stuff, the zone two stuff, you know. So I was kind of considering, in this circumstance, I'm kind of considering sweet spot as intense, as though most people probably wouldn't, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, again, again, and for youth riders, if you're getting on the trainer twice a week, that's plenty. That's great. That's awesome. Um, I probably overdo it because I, <laughs> but yeah, so the first type of workout are the zone two workouts, the zone two rides. As we mentioned before, like an hour of zone two, of an hour of nice, steady, well calibrated zone two indoors, you're probably going to get more time at actual zone two than you do on a three mile, three mile or three hour mountain bike ride. Yeah where you're attempting to do zone two. Like an hour of zone two on the trainer is awesome. Two hours of zone two on the trainer is, mm, is oh, yeah. Yes. Beautiful. It really I say is. as I never do that. I really need to start doing that. But yeah. So just kind of keep that in mind. Don't think that if you only did an hour of zone two that you did, it was just a waste. Cause if you went on an hour bike ride outside, it would kind of feel like weak, right? I, I did a lot of hour rides in college, you know, but an hour on the trainers. Oh yeah. A good workout. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so how I do the zone two rides is I would start with an hour and then as that starts to feel easy, you can add 15 minutes. And when that starts to feel easy and doable, you add another 15 minutes and you keep adding time until you feel like you've kind of hit your time constraint. And then once you hit your time constraint, then you can start, you can, you can up your power a little bit, you know, so um, but it, you know, it should always feel very, very doable and, you know, like, like you could almost carry on a, a limited, con like a, a, a fairly decent conversation when you're riding at that intensity. Occasional pauses for breath, basically. It's just a case, yeah. Now, really quick, can I throw out with zone two, there's two good ways to do it. You mentioned erg mode. Um, another good way is Zwift has a feature called pace partners, which is like, like a, a group ride where there's like a robotic pacer that stays, it's like always at 2.5 watts per kilo or three watts per kilo or one watt per kilo. I do like the, the flat route. They have like, a, they always have an option that's like a flat one. If you just stay with that group, you'll stay roughly within your zone too, as long as you select the right one, right? So if erg, cause I know erg mode's not for everyone. It feels a little weird, especially if you're on like undulating terrain and stuff on Zwift. Um, that is a really good one where it's like your, your power is still varying a little bit like it would on the road. But if you stay with the group, as long as you've selected the right one to be at your zone two, you know, listen to music, kind of feel like, you know, like that's, that's another really easy way, um, to make sure that you're staying around. Like if you start to drop the group, you need to calm down. If you're getting dropped, maybe do a little more. Now that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I've never actually pace, tried. Pace yeah. partners. Yeah, pace you have to partners. scroll down a little bit, but you can find it. Another one is there's like a really flat course. It's like Tempest Fugit or something. Well, like you do that. a pace partner on Tempest Fugit is the best. And I usually, I'll just, I'll sometimes just get on that and just stay on that the whole time and just kind of go by feel. And just kind of pick a gear and just know that I, you know, stay around 80 RPMs. Different ways to do it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, in, you know, and, and you'll have to adjust your power day by day to make sure that it feels right. Because some days your upper end of zone two is going to just feel too hard. On those days, just back it down a little bit. You're still getting benefit, you know. The, the, your aerobic training is about accumulating time, you know. So um, hopefully as the as the winter progresses, you know, you'll be able to, to do more power at the same relative perceived exertion. 
you know, and so you can you can kind of keep adjusting and reassessing your zones as the season progresses. But but um, but yeah, basically, I just kind of keep adding to them in 15 minute increments. Um, another thing with the, with the zone two workouts is you can combine them with other aerobic activities. Like you go running for 30 minutes, hop on Zwift for 45 minutes. You know, you come back from a hike, hop on the trainer for half hour. You know, mm-hmm. so that kind of just helps you accumulate some more time. And yeah, so so yeah, the zone two rides, I awesome to do on the trainer. And these are the ones where you'd want to like. You know, you might want to watch a movie or watch some YouTube videos or or music videos. You know, music kind of, videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the first type of workout I, I do. the 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 other one is is sweet spot workouts, and this is the really the only intensity I do during the winter. Um, basically, you know, we're, we're we're actually talking more about sweet spot next week, but. It's basically about 90 to 95% of your threshold. You're riding just under your threshold, um, but you're definitely not exceeding it. Um, And your goal here is just to extend the amount of time you can ride at that that pace. And so you do that by just breaking it up into a whole bunch of different combinations of intervals. I usually start people with like eight-minute intervals, and initially you try and accumulate about 40 minutes of time, um, you know, and then start doing like 10 minute intervals, you know, like four 10 minute intervals. And then you can do 20 minute intervals, like two 20 minute intervals, and you can bump it up to like three 20 minute intervals. And ultimately you could almost get to point, like in theory, you could get to a point where you could accumulate like two hours at sweet spot through these various intervals. And that's something I'm actually going to try to do this winter. Oh gosh. Is do a workout that has 20 minutes or two hours of sweet spot in it. So gross, but you have to build up to that. Don't try it this weekend. Nope. Cause I know there's kids listening here that just might. So don't, yeah, build up to that. But, um, but yeah, your, your goal with these really is to just increase the amount of time you're able to spend riding at your sweet spot. You know, eventually you might have to reassess your FTP and you could increase the the wattage you're doing sweet spot rides at. But the goal really is to be able to spend more time at it, you know. So so that's the second type of workout I do. The third, and this is kind of fun, and these are really cool, are neuromuscular type work. And you don't want to confuse these with ultra high intensity work because it's different. Um, but the two different types of neuromuscular work that you would do, one are just like four second all out burst accelerations where you'll just be riding easy. And then every few minutes you do an all out, see how high you can get your power and then let it off as soon as you hit that peak power. And you want to do it like really explosively and just recruit. And it's, it's basically about muscle recruitment. And, and, you know, getting, getting everything to kind of fire at once and then you back it off and rest and you, you do like an hour ride with, with doing maybe like 10 to 15 of those throughout the ride. And that's super fun. It's not boring and it's, um, yeah. And it's, it's different from like sprint intervals. You know, you're, you're on and off so short that it's really, you know, it's really taxing other energy systems other than your anaerobic 
So yeah. Um, the other neuromuscular drill workouts that you do would be like just really, really low pressure, high cadence drills, you know, try to be able to like spin up to 130 RPMs without rocking, you Ooh, know, that, you that'd just, be a trick. You just, you know, and you just gradually get up, you know, you, you work on your pedal stroke. So it's so smooth that you can start to do a hundred RPM without rocking then 110 without rocking then 130 without rocking. Again, looking for the cadence and the form here, not power, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. No, no, you're not looking for high power here. Like, this is a skill you're working on. Yeah. It should be very, very low resistance. Um, some other really, really good ones are like single leg drills. And those are re- like, like single, like working on one leg at a time, then working on the other leg, and then combining them is an amazing way to get a really, really good pedal stroke. And I remember when I was growing up, there's this, there's this guy, there's this cowboy guy that li- he must have lived somewhere near me because I would always see him out on his bike and this cowboy only had one leg and he would ride this bike around in his like cowboy boots and his Wrangler jeans and then the other, the other leg of his like jeans pr- was just missing. Oh, whoa. So not, not even a prosthetic. Yeah. Holy smokes. And he would just this cow and he wore a cowboy hat. And he would just ride around the streets with one leg. That would be so difficult. That's an incredible skill, especially because he wasn't clipped in, I bet. Was this guy clipping in? There's no way this guy's clipping in. He was wearing, he'd wear cowboy boots. That is like, I think maybe if you're listening to that and that doesn't sound that impressive, that is. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Without the weight on that side. That's crazy. He was super thin and like really tall. Weird. And it was just always the weirdest thing to do. That's, so that's, if anyone else grew up in Sandy and saw the one-legged cowboy cyclist, let me... I was just saying, did you make that up? But that's that's, that's too, too weird. weird to make up. Stephen King would have to make that up. That's <laughs> weird, weird. Okay. Yeah. I mean, respect to that guy, but that's bizarre. Okay. Yeah, so that's neuromuscular. The other type, and this is something you'd really want to like work with a coach on, is like you could use your trainer time if you have certain weaknesses you need to address. And you would do those in blocks where you just have a really limited amount of time that you kind of focus on this weakness and then follow it up with like a week of recovery. You know, and that's this is kind of the one exception to going above threshold is if there's really a weakness you need to address, you would you would do it in a block and it would be followed up with lots and lots of rest. So. That's just something I want to throw out there. Um, endurance rides, the next one. No, I don't know how much I would recommend these. I would probably rather see people go out on like really, really long hikes. Um, I have done some centuries on Zwift, and it had its dark moments. I don't know if I'd really recommend that. But one thing I would consider doing, like is if you wanted to to get some more volume is, breaking them up into two a days. Like you could have a century day where you do half the century in the morning and half the century in the evening. Um, again, like you could go on a long hike and then come back and do a two hours Zwift ride. Or if you have like a lecture where your camera doesn't have to be on over zoom or something. Yeah. Get some miles in there. You know, when I do these type of endurance rides, I just put movies on. Yeah. And like, like when I did a century, I like watched two full movies or something and, um, so 
something to consider. I like to do them. I don't know if I really recommend them for other people, but um, there's there's ways to do them. The last type of ride I would throw out there is just fun. And, you know, sometimes it's okay to just go on there and, like, open up and have fun. And that's, like, the group rides that we do, I was amazed at how much more fun that is than just riding Zwift on my own. Yeah. Like, it, like just having people that you know that you're riding with, like, virtually and trying to – and, like – it's just so much more motivating. And, and I want to throw out here at the end of your, like, really great, like, run over all those workouts and stuff. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. If if you re, if you have a really hard time doing dedicated work on the trainer or spending two hours on the trainer, if, it, if it's doing a Zwift race, and, like, that's probably not ideal training-wise, but if it gets you on the bike to do it and that's the thing you're going to do, great. Like, I, I've struggled with this a little bit. Like, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like getting on the bike. It doesn't sound fun, but you know what? Like I'll try to like, I'll occasionally see like how long can I hang with the fastest pace partner group, like the A group, with like like that you see pros in sometimes. Where I'm like, whoa, I hung with them for 30 minutes. I like that was cool. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Definitely not ideal from a training perspective. Or like sometimes I like I'll do the B group, but then try to do like a breakaway, and it's like you can get a bunch of guys from all over the world following you and doing like like whatever. It's like like again, I'm not going to defend that as ideal, but if that's what it takes to get you on to get your ride in. And especially maybe for the adults listening to this, do the race series, do the intermediate sprints and get the green jersey, whatever it is that motivates you, you know. Oh, I would say like once a week, a ride that you just like, you're just out riding on Zwift, just having fun. If, if you feel like going fast, like I'd like with these group rides we do on Wednesday, my biggest goal is that people have fun doing them. Yep. You know, that they're, that they're, when they finish, they're happy that they did it. Oh Yeah. Um, and I would say maybe like a Zwift race a, w- a month would be a good thing. Sure. Teaches us some race tactics and oh, yeah. some, cause Zwift has like aerodynamics and group dynamics and stuff. Like drafting is a part of it. You can kind of be like, you know, like I've kind of like, Oh, what's a breakaway. And it's cool. Cause you can see everyone's power numbers. Like what's a breakaway I follow. What's one I let go, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to do this long sprint here. Like when do I really open it? Like it's, there's so many fun. Th- and you know, the whole time I have to say, We've been talking about Zwift as much as trainers. Zwift is not a sponsor. They have no idea who we are. We have 250 people a week that listen. Like, this is really just editorial. You know, like, Zwift is is key. Mm-hmm. I think Zwift is as important as the trainer. You know, like, you. I mean, you said, like, there's no point in having a trainer without Zwift. If you really love, I mean, they're the trainer road heads out there. Great. <laughs> but that's just structured training. It's but, not- yeah, like, like, I, man... Zwift as a program is, is pretty killer. Yeah. So, yeah. So trainers, good, powerful tool. You can get a lot of good fitness in the winter if you do it right. Um, again, I usually typically try to encourage mostly zone two and sweet spot type work. Um, but it, like I said, it depends on how intense your, you know, your schema or your running is or whatever, you know, and you got to kind of, I mean, during the winter, those things are probably, those things are a priority really. And, um, you should kind of a- adjust the, the intensity of your, your indoor training accordingly. Um, I, th- I think probably the worst thing that most people could do during the winter on an indoor trainer is excessive intensity. Yeah. I, I knew, I mean, 
I mean, there's a there was a coach out there that was having his kids do thirty by thirties all winter. What? And these kids were really really fast at Vail Lake, and you know, huh. you know um, and but I just don't think that's that's good if your primary goal is going to be Nike. You know, that so. was me. Like when I first started using Zwift, because they have like the sprints that you can do and get a little green jersey or whatever, and I'd want to win every single one. And I remember doing rides that were like 22 minutes long because I annihilated myself in 22 minutes and probably got like three minutes of work in. Yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah. I, I think mostly zone two and sweet spots, a more prudent way to go with the occasional like fun, fast group ride and occasional Zwift race. And the purpose of those rides are to have fun. Yep. Like get your heart rate up. It's good for your energy balance and all that, but like it's, yeah. you know, they're, it's for fun. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, have a good winter. You know, just just keep a have a lot of variety, have mm-hmm. fun. I do want to throw out really quick. Last year I did. It is our least listened to episode, but it is there. I did kind of a resource episode on how to buy a trainer. The different it's because it's kind of confusing. There's a lot of great videos out there. If there's demand, if people are still trainer shopping now or want to go get one, hit me up. If there's a lot of people, we can get an episode. But if you go refer back to that, it's like 30 minutes long. Uh, if you have any questions that should answer a lot of them for you. Okay, sweet. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, look forward to running group on Monday, Zwift uh, group ride on Wednesday, and uh, hopefully some uh, Panda Express pepper chicken at some point, but yeah. we'll, we'll have to go on a quest to find that. Anyway, everyone be safe uh, and we will uh, talk to you in a week.